Welcome to Real Talk with MJ Sorority, the voice of sorority risk management, where we talk about the big risks, small questions, and real challenges sorority women face today. MJ Sorority is the premier insurance agency for women's sororities. We are passionate about educating and empowering our clients. We believe that striving to be unique never stops, and that by promoting safe decisions and smart risks, we can continue to create spaces for women to grow, serve, and lead. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allison. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode where we get into what we can't stop talking about, besides sorority risk management, of course. For now, let's dive into our conversation and let's get real. Well, hello there, Ruth. How are you doing today? Hey, Allison. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing all right, as good as we can be here. As hopefully, the, dream, hopefully huh? the tail end of a of a global pandemic. So right. living uh, the dream, living the dream, living the dream. Uh, yes. Well, it's been a while since we've gotten to do a podcast episode together, but I'm glad to I, be back with you. I know. I love. I love recording podcasts with you. You're my favorite. Well, actually, you're the only one I've ever recorded one with, but you're my favorite. <laughs> well, that still means a lot. I appreciate that, Ruth. <laughs> Well, a question that comes up for almost every day for for you, especially, I know, is you review event details and try to get our clients, our sorority members out there, proof of their insurance coverage is, what is the difference between liquor liability coverage and a liquor license? Are they the same thing? No. Liquor license is a license for the service of alcohol. As such, owners of these venues and bars Uh, will usually do everything they can to ensure that no laws are violated to prevent their license from being revoked. Got it. So they have to have a license to do business. They're incentivized to do, uh, to make sure that they don't violate any laws related to alcohol so that they can keep their license and stay in business, essentially. That makes sense. So as opposed to liquor license, liquor liability, we define that as insurance coverage for bodily injury or property damage caused by an intoxicated person who has served liquor by someone and that someone's typically in our case the venue or vendor that served the alcohol right exactly liquor license is one thing liquor liability is another liquor liability is insurance liquor license is not Mm -hmm. just because you have a liquor license it doesn't mean that you have liquor liability liability coverages. They're different. Got it. It's kind of like, you know, I hadn't thought about it until now, but you have to have a license to drive, but that doesn't mean that you have auto coverage should you get in an accident. That's a separate auto liability coverage as opposed to your driver's license, right? Exactly. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So since a liquor license is not sufficient proof that you actually have insurance coverage, Why do we need to review a liquor license? Does MJ ever need to really see or review liquor licenses of businesses you're working with? No. MJ's sorority feels that obtaining a liquor license is more of a burden on the chapter member who's planning the event. Every state has a division that monitors alcoholic beverages. It's referred to the Alcoholic Beverage Commission or ABC. The ABC regulates business practices of the venue serving the alcohol Therefore, we have full confidence in the ABC management in that area. We, as insurance agents, do not feel the need to spend time obtaining this from the venue. 
With that being said, if your organization, for whatever reason, requires you to obtain the liquor license, go ahead. But NJ does not need to review it. It's not, it. it's not really insurance related. Got it. So it's just, it becomes an extra hassle if, if somebody sends that to us or if they're trying to keep up with that, in our opinion. It's exactly. Right. And it's just well, a lot of, it's more trouble for the chapter members. Just one extra thing that they need to do. They feel they need to do when they really don't. Got unless it. their organization requires it. Right. Because the ABC should already be regulating that and incentivizing exactly. businesses to do that. Okay. Got it. So do our clients who are exclusively sororities, do they need, they obviously don't need a liquor license, but do they need liquor liability coverage? If you're a sorority, are you in the business of selling, manufacturing, or distributing alcohol? If, if so, we got a real problem. <laughs> we need to talk. If this is not your business pur purpose, then you do not need liquor liability. So that's, that's why the businesses are the ones that need it. Uh, but if, if sororities don't carry that kind of liquor liability coverage, what do they have? Is Do they have something perhaps called host liquor liability? Why, yes, they do. <laughs> uh, host liquor liability is the coverage. On, it's, it's like the coverage on your homeowner's policy. It's not sufficient for the kind of social events at a venue or a bar establishment that our clients have. Um, let's say you're hosting a small dinner party at your house and your Uncle Ben has way too much to drink. He shouldn't be driving home, but he does. And he gets in an accident and he hurts someone. If your insurance is pulled into the claim since you hosted the event or he drank too much, this is where host liquor liability would protect you as the host because you're not in the business of selling, serving, or manufacturing alcohol as a job. You just simply had a small party. And Uncle Got Ben it. was causing problems and drank too much. <laughs> Got it. Poor Uncle Ben um, and poor whoever. He's a, he's a character. Yes. Well, it helps to have a real example so we can kind of see just the difference and why you would need host liquor liability versus the liquor liability that a venue or a business would need. Okay. So moving on to a related topic, what is dram shop insurance? I've heard that term thrown around. And I remember when I first heard it, I thought, what even is a DRAM? Can you give us a little history on that, Ruth? Sure. Here's a little history on DRAM shop. There'll be a quiz at the end. <laughs> um, just kidding. The term DRAM shop comes from 18th century businesses in England that sold gin by the spoonful called a DRAM. DRAM shop is another name for bar or saloon. DRAM shop liability laws vary widely by state in regards to serving alcohol to an intoxicated person. Um, okay. Dram shop liability is the same as liquor liability insurance. Dram shop is a legal term that refers to bars, pubs, taverns, and other similar venues where alcoholic beverages are sold or consumed. Dram shop liability laws were created to uh, protect the public from intoxicated individuals who are overserved. Got it. Now some states have dram shop and some don't, isn't that right? Yes, and admittedly, dram shop is very confusing. Um, some states have it, some don't. It's important to know that some, some establishments in non-dram shop states still have still been held liable under common law for damage or injury resulting from the sale of liquor to minors or intoxicated persons. Therefore, 
Even venues and vendors in Dram Shop states need to also buy liquor liability coverage for protection. They need to buy this separately because it's excluded from the general liability policy. So if an accident occurs, I'm guessing negligence would come into play, uh, whether there's Dram Shop or not. So how, how would that negligence work? Yeah, some states are, are more strict than others and will impose comparative negligence upon the vendors who sold an intoxicated person a beverage during a night of drinking, including those who may have just sold the first beverage. Okay. So what, and you use the word comparative negligence. So what is comparative negligence, you might ask? Well, let me tell you, it just states that when an accident occurs, the fault or negligence of each party involved is based upon their respective contributions to the accident. So breaking that down, if multiple bars or venues are involved in the same claim, they're all included in, in any lawsuits and held liable, or they're all responsible for whatever accident is in question. Not that any of you know what a bar crawl is, right? <laughs> well, that's not something we would recommend going you know, from bar to bar as a formal event in an evening, but should it happen, this is how the lawsuit might play out. Regardless of which one served you the drink that pushed you over the edge, they are all held responsible. So to summarize that little section, regardless of your state's laws, dram shop or not, you if you are a venue or vendor serving alcohol as your business, you are serving and you're serving our clients, especially who are the ones we're looking out for, you need a liquor liability policy. Isn't that right? Yes. The reason is they are the ones who are held responsible if there's a claim related to alcohol. If they don't have liquor liability because of their dram shop state, they are legally responsible to pay a claim. However, if they don't have liquor liability and they don't have any money to pay the claim, they could file bankruptcy, go belly up, and your claim is not paid. Okay. So it's important, even though they're dram shop, they still should have liquor liability. Got it. So that's why when people come back to you, when you ask for proof of that, and they're like, oh, the venue just says they don't need it. That's why we were kind of like, hmm. Yes, they do. Uh, it explains why we're insistent on whoever is serving alcohol in an event, be it the venue or a vendor that they've hired separately, because sometimes they hire like a specialized bartender just to come in and manage all the alcohol separate from the venue contract. But regardless, we need to see proof of this coverage before we can support it as your insurance agent. It could put your national sorority policy at risk if you're using a business that does not have adequate liquor liability coverage. Right. Just because the states are held responsible, should there be a claim, doesn't mean that they'll have the money to pay it. So they need that liquor liability policy. Got it. So can you kind of summarize some takeaway notes? I know we've covered a lot here today. Right. These things that we're covering today, these are really the things that really cause really fuzzy brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is confusing. But the takeaway notes, liquor license, and liquor liability are not the same thing. MJ does not need to know about the liquor license. We just need to know about liquor liability. Right. And liquor liability and host liquor liability insurance policies are not the same thing either. One is for business, the liquor liability, and one is personal, host liquor liability. And events in dram shop states still need liquor liability. I think that about covers it. Good. Well, I think for a confusing kind of topic, I think we broke that down pretty well, don't you? I hope so. 
if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out and we can talk through it with you a little bit more. And you can always re uh, check out our website. We have a lot of information on our website. Amazing yeah. amount of information on there. Yeah, we can definitely include a link in the show notes to we have a position paper or a little write up that explains Dram Shop if you ever need that in writing. Um, and we have, yes, liquor license or especially liquor liability referenced on our website in several different places that you can find as you're planning your event. That should be one of the steps is if you're serving alcohol or if you're going to be using a venue that involves alcohol, it's just it's part of the process that it's a responsible thing to verify all this stuff ahead of time just in case something were to ever happen. So. Well, great. I think that covers the content for our episode. We now get to move on to the portion called What We Can't Stop Talking About. So Ruth, uh, I know you had a little birthday recently and, and what I, I think you had something to talk about related to what you can't stop talking about and who wished you happy birthday. Oh, yes. And <laughs> literally, I cannot stop talking about this. Ben Folds wished me a happy birthday. I'm wow. telling you, I was about to die. <laughs> I was so excited. He answered questions and talked to me directly probably seven or eight times in one chat session that he's counting. Seven or eight times he's counting. He's counting. I'm, he's counting. Counting. I'm <laughs> counting. Because I'm a fangirl. <laughs> I, That's awesome. I even recorded it on my phone. I'm, I'm watching it and recording it, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so goofy. But I was so excited. And I've told everybody. See, I still can't stop talking about it. <laughs> I love it. Well, and can you tell people, I know you're a fangirl, but if, if anybody out there doesn't know Ben's fo Ben Folds and his music, can you tell them a little bit about him? Is there a way that you can <laughs> talk about him briefly or would you go on and on for a long time? <laughs> I, well, I probably would go on and on and on, but um, he's a musician. He started out with Ben Folds 5. There were three of them, but Ben Folds 3 didn't sound as catchy as Ben Folds 5. Um, they've kind of broken that up and he's out on his own. They've been around for a long time, but the music is amazing. It's probably along the, it's a lot of piano. Yeah. He's amazing and I love him. Yeah, <laughs> it's obviously, when I think his, isn't his big song, doesn't he have a song called Brick? Oh yeah, that's a big like one. That. That's a big he's, one. He has so many songs. He's, mm -hmm. he's stuck in Australia right now. And he started um, doing free concerts online. And mm -hmm. I just kind of started watching those because I've always been a fan. And after that, I joined Patreon. And it's it's amazing how kind and giving he is to his fans. He chats with us two or three times a month. So, I mean, it's, it's just something fun. And it's nice to know that someone that you've admired for a long time is really just a person. Yeah. Just well, it seems like person. musicians have had to be creative this year and connecting with their fan base since they can't just have the usual concerts and stuff. But it sounds like some good that's a silver lining that's come out of that is that you can, people that are good people like that, you can have some connections with online and it feels a little more personal, right? Exactly. And with we've got, what we've gone through with the pandemic, it's, you know, a lot of people, and I, and it's funny because you, you're you meeting online people all over the world and you develop a relationships with these people. And a lot of them, and me included, 
these YouTubes that we join online, the concerts, etc., the um, Patreon, it's been like a silver lining. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of people, I'm, I was quarantined at home with my dog. And so mm -hmm. that was just entertainment. And it, it's been a big help for a lot of people. Yeah, well, that's neat. I'm glad you've had that experience and that you've um, gotten called out as a fangirl and, and know he knows you on a first name basis now, huh? <laughs> and if he ever comes to Indiana, I'm there and I'm a Patreon. And once all the pandemic's over, I get to meet him. That'd be Just pretty cool. Patreon. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's incredible. Well, what I can't stop talking about is, have you seen, well, I feel like this is directly making fun of me, but have you seen that that Saturday Night Live spoof, Ruth, on murder shows and cult shows and kind of making fun of how everybody's gotten sucked into those, especially over the pandemic? No, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it because, you know me, I'm addicted to murder. Talk murder to me. Mm -hmm, exactly, <laughs> Well, I, I will, I will make sure we get a link to that as well. It's pretty funny just kind of poking fun at, yeah, how much we can get sucked into that stuff. And for me, the latest show I've gotten sucked into, it's more, I guess you could consider this a cult show, but I finally watched, there's a little mini series called Waco that's about the Waco, Texas incident in the nineties between um, the ATF and FBI and the Branch Davidian group. And I was too young to really understand what was happening at the time. Uh, but it's, it's a neat way to kind of go back and see and get in the minds of, of some of the people in that religious community that were in the compound during the standoff, as well as what it would have been like to be an FBI negotiator trying to calm the whole situation down. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job of showing it from both sides, but definitely got sucked into that and just fascinating. Um, I think it's fascinating to see how some of these charismatic leaders can suck people into groups. And um, it's, it's probably the psychology of it. <clears throat> the psychology of it. That's so interesting to me. It's probably the same reason people get interested in a similar way in murder and serial killers and stuff is just trying to understand why they do what they do and how this even happens. Right. Remember when this happened, I was busy with a toddler at the time. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't really know too much about it. But I may have to check out this Waco. I, I did yeah. see it. It's on Amazon. It's, yeah, it's on Prime. It's on Prime. I think you have to pay for it right now. It might have been free before, but it's produced through Paramount. And I watched it on Prime, but I thought it was very much worth the watch just to to see kind of a dramatized piece of American history and just makes you think about all the implications of people's philosophies of stuff that's happened then. And it just, I mean, it kind of, it's, it's definitely heavy. You have to be in the right mood for it. Um, right. But Not it's something you play at a party or something. Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no. And it really, but it makes you think, it definitely makes you think about just why such a senseless tragedy had to happen. And, um, very interesting. I'm from Texas and I've driven through Waco many times, but I've never been to the memorial site you can go to, uh, to see, to see where it happened. And I think it's still owned by Branch Davidians, uh, that religious group, a different leader, obviously at this point. And I think they operate a little differently now, but 
yeah, just I, it's it's kind of interesting when you can learn watch a show that seems like this dramatic thing, and you have to remember this really happened. Like this is part of our history. So exactly, Waco is that where Chip and Joanna Gaines? It is. It's it's yes. It's where the Magnolia is, and so yeah. If you ever go to visit, you can. You can do a little bit of history, but you can also then end the day with a little happy and stop by Magnolia and um, get to see that part of Waco too. So, yeah. But I it's, think I'll let you do the sad part and I just want to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to go shopping with you too. That'd be and good. Hang out with, yeah. with Joanna. Yep. Yep. But there you go. <laughs> I See, I get sucked into some of this stuff sometimes and just get fascinated by it. And I know, I know you're a murder mystery uh, crime solver as well. And it's just interesting to see these cases that we never, whatever it is that we still don't really have the answers to. Well, that's it's all we got. a little more interesting than liquor liability. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it might be. And that's why we like to spice things up here at the end of the episode and talk about some other things we've been learning and into. Um, but yeah, we, we want you guys to be safe and we know that as things return to not normal, but something's coming back. We, we had an episode on just event planning and what to consider with our guest, Will Frankenberger, a couple weeks ago about what to consider as things open back up for the fall. Um, but we know that eventually there will be events at venues again. There will be alcohol served at them. And uh, just want to make sure everybody's doing that the safest way possible. And they're picking up again. We want you to be safe and educated. So when you re- reach out to Ruth, you can know a thing or two. So we'll be impressed if you've listened to this and have learned a thing or two about liability and, and how it relates to alcohol. So there you go. Yeah. Can they give us a thumbs up on this? <laughs> I I hope so. I would love a thumbs up. I'd love a like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we appreciate y'all support. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for Real Talk. We want to hear from you. If you have feedback, comments, or questions, send us an email at realtalk at mjsorority.com. Visit our website, mjsorority.com, to learn more about who we are, what we do, and explore our huge resource library. Check out the show notes from today's episode to dig a little deeper into the topics we discussed. This has been Real Talk with MJ Sorority. Be smart. Be safe. And we'll catch you next time.